You're listening to the CXMH Podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Robert Vore, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Dr. Holly Oxhandler. Hey, Holly. Hey, Robert. How are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. We are also so excited to be joined today by Aaron Eddy. Aaron is a social entrepreneur, a writer, a speaker, and a creative director, the founder of the lifestyle clothing brand So Worth Loving. Aaron and her work have been featured on CNN, MSNBC, as well as in places like Mashable, The Oprah Magazine, Southern Living, all sorts of places. Uh, she speaks and writes about personal struggles, community, empathy, the power of honest conversations, all sorts of a wide variety of topics that we're going to get into a little bit today. Uh, she lives uh, just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. We've gotten to do some stuff, hang out a little bit, which has been fun over the years. And she's also the author of So Worth Loving, How Discovering Your True Value Changes Everything. Erin, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you doing? Oh, Robert, thank you so much. And Holly, for having me. I am excited to just Let's have an honest conversation with two therapists. Let's go. Oh, I love it. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That's awesome. We're so glad to have you here. Yeah. Thanks. I was going to ask if there's anything you want to add to that bio, but I will also, I'll say congratulations. I know you're newly engaged and that you'll be getting married somewhat quickly after this comes out, actually. So congrats Yay! on that. Uh, but anything you. else that you want our audience to know about you? Oh, man. I'm, I'm just in the season. I feel like I... <laughs> I feel like I'm always in the season of learning. And then I'm like, oh, that's called adulting. Oh, my. Yeah. So, nope, got nothing else to add but that. I'm just in this. We're all we're all trying our best out here. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Well, so being in Atlanta, I mentioned I've, I've been aware of and following So Worth Loving in you for like a decade now, I think, maybe a little bit more. Tell us some of the story, if if you will, about how that got started, how you kind of found your way into doing all this cool stuff that you do. Mm, well, I definitely didn't have a plan that I, I did not set out to start So Worth Loving. I always say that I accidentally started it and then it evolved with community, which is so much better and bigger than anything I could have conjured up. Um so I was an art director by day working for a nonprofit here in Atlanta. And I was, you know, I worked my way up in that company because I, I, I didn't go to a college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And so when I started working for them, I was doing a lot of the grunt work. And then they started recognizing that logistics and spreadsheets are maybe not the space for me. <laughs> and they're like, I think this girl might be a little bit more on the like, dreamer creative imagination space and so they started putting me in different areas working my way into the company i just learned i love storytelling i love being able to create something that's impactful that others can relate to and that it's a deposit in their life and as i was doing that i was also pursuing a passion project uh that was my music and i i had no idea if i was going to pursue music full-time as a career it was just something that I wanted to be brave and pursue because I was like, I kind of have a good voice. Maybe I can make something of this. And so I started doing music. And so as you can tell already, like I already had my hands in a bunch of these little pots and sure. just exploring who I am in my early 20s. And 
I decided um, as my music was growing on YouTube and then it started getting licensed to TV shows and things like that, I I decided, man, I just want to create something that my fans that listen to my music could relate to, something that would be gifted to them. Because if anybody's listening and they've ever started something, I know both of y'all understand this. It's like when you start something, when somebody supports it and tells another person, like that's mm-hmm. such a gift. It's like, yeah. wow. Yeah. Like, yeah. like when your book sold, you're like, whoa, like people uh-huh. want to buy it. That's not my mom, you know? And so, <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And so I, I was just so grateful that people wanted to listen to my music. And so, I just decided to put my home address on my Tumblr blog. Shout out to Tumblr when I used to be on it back in the day. Uh, Throwback, yeah. Throwback. (laughs) I put it on there and I said, mail me your personal t-shirt and I'm going to spray paint on the back of your shirt that you're so worth loving and I'm going to mail it back to you for free. And the reason I did that, one, was because I didn't have money to buy t-shirts. I had no capital. And two, I wasn't sure anybody would even want to carry this race. So it was kind of an experiment. And three... I wanted it to be somebody's shirt that they grabbed out of their closet that maybe was their favorite shirt that they wanted they, that they would actually wear instead of me picking mm. out the shirt. I wanted yeah. them to pick out their uh-huh. shirt. And so it just uh, from there did that for eight months, recognized, wow, stories being poured into my inbox and letter handwritten letters of people mailing me their personal t-shirt, why they felt unworthy of love. I thought this is something bigger than anything I'm doing right now. And I want to figure out how I continue to remind people of their worth and their value. And apparel is just one of those ways that we do that. And uh, it's been 12 years now where we now sell wow. product instead of spray paint it <laughs> in the uh-huh. on, my, on my apartment shagged carpet at the time. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so that's kind of how it's evolved. And then from there, it just kind of opened doors for me to be a part of creating conversations around things we don't talk about uh, as it pertains to self-worth. Oh, that's, that is so good. I love hearing that backstory. Um, And I always, I mean, I think everyone kind of loves when you hear someone who's really done this from this place of their, their heart deep within where it's like, I'm just going to figure out a way, like it's going to be this scrappy effort and we're going to see what happens. But then it, it really ends up like blooming into this thing that is clearly meeting so many others along their own journey. So I love the backstory of this. I know yeah. that on your website that it mentions like we are a lifestyle company bridging the gap between not talking about self-worth and talking about it. Obviously, clearly and going so far as spray painting it at one point <laughs> on, you know, folks shirts. But but I know that we see you know, these terms around like self-worth and value and acceptance, like these can be terms that we see used in a lot of spaces, but sometimes they can be kind of vague or gauzy or disconnected or really just not grounded. And so I'm not saying that they're not, but just the ways in which people Mm -hmm. use them sometimes can be so frequent that we forget the meaning of them, right? Yes. So can you talk about like when you are are really acting as a proponent and an advocate for these ideas of self-worth and valuing and acceptance. Like, what do you mean when you're, when you're trying to advocate this, um, these, these terms for people to digest and better understand? 
That's a great question, Holly. You know, I think that's something that if you're in this space to whatever spectrum, low or high, you wrestle with that because culturally we dilute the things that are the most intimate parts. Like we we almost strip them of their value that they don't carry weight anymore. And yeah, I feel like I've had to learn how to tell the story about self-worth and uh-huh. what that can mean to you in your life for the last 12 years because you start having this conversation and then the way that media works so quickly now, people can just become so numb to the things that are so powerful in our lives because of the consumption. Yeah. Like It's almost like you can't keep up with what people are consuming because the appetite grows for wanting to be, um, uh, what's the word, I guess, fed or to be stimulated. And so for me, that's why I go back to honest conversations. So whether it's speaking honestly about something versus fluffing it and making it, um, you know, of course there's triggers and things that you can, that you have to hold. But in in addition to holding that, not um, when I talk about so uh, self-worth, I share it within my own personal story because that's my personal experience that uh-huh. nobody else can can argue or, or disagree with. Um, and if they do, they still, it doesn't have much weight. And so that's why I, we uh-huh. empower other people to share their stories and their journeys of what they're discovering. And, and, you know, if you truly believe that you are worthy of love, the choices that you make look different. The relationships that you go into, the friendships, the um, the career choices, uh, and, and, and oftentimes what you discover is when you start kind of looking at all those spaces in your lives, you in, in your life, you look and you go, wait, why do I keep saying yes to this person that is just draining me? Like, what is what is that saying about how I how I view myself? What boundaries do I need to put in place to value myself more? So that's so honest conversations, I guess, would be a blanket statement and answering your question but I think that it I feel like I'm ever evolving in that question because of the appetite that I think people have if that makes sense no it totally makes sense and I even think I'm sure in some ways it's that balance between the appetite and um and I hate to say desensitization but the fact that like we do hear it so often that it keeps kind of adjusting but um but no, I yeah. think you're absolutely right around the appetite for and the recognition that folks are longing to be reminded of their self-worth. Yeah. Like, I think I think you really are hitting a point that we need, that we really need. So, yeah. When oftentimes I'll see people, and I say this because I feel included in this, uh, I see people when they make choices. I made a lot of choices out of hurt and lack of self-worth, but it was masked with um, what people would think is confidence, but I was masking whether I was using charm to deflect or I was using um, just a boisterous or a a very bright, like some would say I just had a very bright personality, but it was to overcompensate for my insecurity about myself. Hmm. And and so I think... I think, again, that goes to pointing out, like, for me, I struggled so much. And still, there's areas in my life, of course. I think that's, like I said, we're just. Yeah, that's all everybody. Yeah, yeah. 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 that's right. Yes, that's right. The human condition. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That it's like you never arrive. Like, I never arrived to self-worth. 
And I'm also not an expert in any of it. Like, I just like to talk to y'all because y'all are. <laughs> but um, I, I have seen that over the last 12 years of people and sharing their stories through our community. Um, their discovery is it is ever evolving and it's recognizing more of what you're masking and what is true and about you and how you view yourself. Yeah. And I love the way you you phrased all of that and, and talked about it and described it. And you even said talking about it through my own journey. Right. And when I was I was prepping for this, right. And I was looking at the timeline of So Worth Loving and I was uh, looking at it, which it, it's cool remembering a lot of those different movements, getting the retail store and, th- you know, like all the different, the different landmarks there. But it's really hard to untangle or, or disentwine, I guess, the so worth loving kind of story and how it's evolved with your personal story, right? So I'm, I'm curious if you'll tell us a little bit about that because, so even externally, right? When when we first met, we met at a conference or something, and I was like, she's super cool. I know who she is. She looks cool online. Like she does this cool thing. Like clothing is cool and all this, right? Like and talking about being worth loving and all of this. And then watching uh, the progression and obviously getting to know you more over the last handful of years, seeing uh, even online you sharing about what was happening during some of that time or like okay. the the vulnerable parts and things like that. Can you talk us through some of that? Because I think a lot of people do go, okay, cool. I would start a thing and it would be awesome. And then what happened then, right? Like right. kind of when the, the rubber meets the road. So can you talk to us some about like some of the the high points, low points along the way and how how all of that has evolved? Yes. And I mean, I can go into whether it's from the business side or my personal home life. Um, It was very hard for me to separate those. They were intertwined. And, Uh you know, when I said I accidentally started it and then it started evolving, it was like, I mean, I I remember going to my accountant and being like, I think I'm going to start a retail company. And he was like, over my dead body, you are. And then the the next, (laughs) he's like, that's the worst idea ever. Like that will not succeed. And I remember the next day I quit my job and and was like, well, too bad. Like I'm going to do it. And so then, so I almost had this, like, I had a lot of words spoken there. Gosh, there's so many different ways that I could go with in that question because I had this pressure to feel like I had to prove myself that I, that I uh. like just as a natural, like go getter entrepreneur, um, that I, I want to make this successful, but I also want to make impact. Like I'd rather make impact and then see, and then from there I see the success. And so yeah. that was kind of my frame of thinking as I was going in that. But within that, you're, you're processing like profit and loss statements. And you feel insecure about how you're spending your money and not getting your return. And and people are telling you financially that this is what you need to do and so to grow and to make impact in the world while you're also trying to be present for a community and 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 learn how to learn how to tend to your own childhood woes and your own mm-hmm. struggles and your mm-hmm. own mm-hmm. and be present within like your marriage and and there's really like there's some prob like glaring, glaring red flags within your marriage, but you maybe ignore them. And, and that's what I did. I, I ignored a lot of the red flags uh, to to push. And uh, to my mind, I was just persevering. Like I thought I was just persevering through things um, to make this happen. Like I was like almost I was trying to get to an arrival instead of letting it evolve and enjoying the journey. So I oh. was loving. I mean, we were, like I said, I was spray painting to then 
a cloth. I was in a water heater closet and I had our ceilings were 20, uh, 24 feet. So I had a ladder and I did all my inventory up there till my neighbor started smoking weed and it was getting into my loft. So then I had to move into an office. My gosh. And then- <laughs> oh. <laughs> so then I'm moving into an office and then from that office, then I move into a bigger one and then I get a huge retail space. My dream office, I finally got there, right? It's like, I have an investor. I have a huge office. I have a, a staff. I have all of these things that I'm so excited for. I cannot believe that, that, I, that I got to this point. And, you know, I watch movies of, of powerhouse women and they're, mid 20s early 30s is making it i'm like wow like this is awesome uh-huh. meanwhile i hit burnout i don't i'm in a riptide i don't know where i'm swimming i don't know if i'm swimming to the shore i don't know if i'm swimming up for air i don't know if i'm swimming down further into this like, i i truly did it and burnout looked like an emotional affair finding out that i had an emotional affair that i had um, it looked like uh, discovering some secrets within my marriage. It looked like, uh, I mean, it was all of a sudden, you know, it wasn't sudden. I just ignored these little tiny choices that suddenly exploded behind the scenes. And uh, I was so present for my business, but I wasn't present for my personal life. And uh, I I really abandoned parts of me that... I should, I mean, you know, I don't want to should on myself, but I look back and, you know, I just think I look back with empathy and I go, she was just trying really hard, but she was trying in the wrong direction. Um, And, but you know, good for her for at least she was, at least she was trying. And, um, and so kind of that was in the middle, Robert, and what you're kind of sharing, that was in the middle of of the company was, it's about five, five year mark that that happened, um, the burnout to the discovery, to the affair, to the secrecy, all of that. Um, and then I, and then I hit, I pretty much hit rock bottom after all of that was exposed. And I, um, all the lies that I believed about myself that I accumulated, that I was ignoring, I, uh, they, they all came to the surface and they came to the surface by the reflection of my choices that I was making. And, um, and then, you know, I took a step back from the company to really just heal. Because let me tell you, when you struggle with self-worth, it's really hard to, to lead anything. I'm sure that y'all yeah. would imagine that. It's hard for you to show up and yeah. listening to people's struggles when you know your home life looks a certain way. Um, that maybe something has happened. And so a lot of shame um, that I, I was experiencing that I kind of uh, piled on. Um, and then I my choices just piled that shame on more and um and it 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 took a minute uh for me to really really own stuff and then not be scared to face it and then to heal to heal from it so yeah well as a side note i can tell that yeah i can tell that you've been to therapy because you made that joke about shitting on yourself right which is like a (laughs) classic therapist joke yes Um, yes But I was going to say, I, I left it pretty open. Like, I asked it in kind of a broad framing because I, I was curious, mm-hmm. you know, to let you talk about however, however you wanted to. And I think what you're speaking to is is an interesting thing, the, the tension there between I'm leading this thing very publicly, right? So Worth Loving uh, has always been a very kind of online thing, Definitely. right? The community and all that. And even for you to see, okay, my 
Instagram followers or whatever, right? Like have have kind of skyrocketed over these years. And then, but but then the, the tension between that and like, how do I do that and recognize, oh, actually parts of me don't line up with like, I've got it all together. I'm awesome, Perfect. successful business, you know, whatever. Like the, the tension there, how does that, I don't know, what do you do with that, right? Because I know, I, I don't know, I just, obviously this podcast isn't as big or cool, you know, but like that tension feels very hard, right? To manage of like the, the public persona versus the private life and what I'm kind of grappling with like in myself, right? I'm, I'm out here spray painting shirts to tell people they're so with loving, which I believe. And also I'm full of shame and trying to figure out, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. That just obviously it's super messy. And, you know, to the extent that you're willing to share, obviously. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know. I'm just curious about kind of grappling with a lot of that and uh, for folks that are maybe in a similar spot. I, it was so hard for me. I wanted, I ran away and hid. For, but before, actually, I'll say, before I ran away and hid, I started exploiting my story before I was healed in it. So I, oh. I, I noticed that when I started sharing some things that I was learning, it was healing, but it was too raw and too new that it would hurt my former husband. Um, you know, it was almost like, I was just sharing these these awakenings that are beautiful to share, but at the expense of another person that is equally broken, just as me. And I did I, I didn't have any business doing that, but I did. And in it, in it, honestly, that was content, you know, because it connected with people. Because we yeah. all connect out of our brokenness when we share what we are hurting with. It's like, oh gosh, me too. But. But I was too new into my me too that I needed to actually take a step back and go, I I need to stop. You know, I started feeling icky uh. when I started seeking healing. It when I wasn't seeking healing, it felt good because it was giving me that hit, that dopamine hit or whatever. And uh. and so then I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta step back. And not only did I step back, I did run away. I kind of became quiet. I shared some thoughts, but I did I made it super general because what we talk about is vulnerability and how powerful it can be, but in safe spaces. And I, I'm safe so glad you said people. that. I was, I was literally yeah, about to. That's right. that, I was thinking yeah. the word vulnerability because I think there is there is this urge in, I mean, the last however many years of of everyone being super online of like I can share my pain and 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 seeing that help other people, right? Oh, they get to relate, they get to normalize, they get to not feel alone. But that. I don't know, there's a line there between like vulnerability, which is like sharing things in safe spaces with people who you connect with and who can hold that and yeah. kind of dumping your stuff all online yeah. before you're healed, right? Like, I don't know, there's, right. there's obviously, yeah. uh, there's a big gray area of all of that. But I mean, that's what I was, I was thinking about is how commonly we see that is people just immediately, I'll dump everything online no matter what, because it helps people theoretically, but maybe that's masking some like yes. validation, like, Oh, you have to do the quiet work of healing too. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and I know, I mean, I know Brene Brown talks about the like floodlighting versus, you know, where you just are sharing it all um, to either those who have not earned the right to hear your story yet, or yeah. similarly, you haven't, haven't established that trust. Um, but that discernment process, I mean, it is tricky because I think, and Aaron, I can totally, I, I mean, it's obvious, like you have, a helper's heart who wants to serve and help other people. But that discernment process of really identifying what do I need to heal within me before I then offer healing to others 
yeah. or what inner work do I have to do before I extend that to others? Just just to be able to talk through that. And I mean, I'm, I'm hoping our listeners find some support and validation just in that that journey of really discerning like, what is mine to share versus what do I need to heal or what do I need to heal so mm-hmm. that I'm speaking from scars and not open wounds. Um, yes. Right? And uh, yes. yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, to check them, for me, I had to check my motive. Was it for me to be seen? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. if it was to be seen, that meant I felt unseen, unheard. And who did I feel unseen and unheard by? And and what anger was actually maybe manifesting that I hadn't really wrestled with? Because honestly, my wanting to, you know, what was to share my journey, but learning that it's actually exploiting and 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 actually hurting other people involved um, is not helpful. And so what can I, what do I need to do? Like what, what anger is inside of me still um, that, and what, and why do I feel unseen? Like I'm, I feel angry because I feel unseen in this circumstance. So if I create content that people can connect with, then I'm seen in my pain. But why do I need people to see me? You know, and so so it just yep, asking yep. those mm-hmm. questions and yep. really wrestling with them was like, well, okay, I need to first wrestle with the fact that I need other people to see me to know that I'm I'm worthy in this circumstance and in this pain. Uh, if I feel that way, I want to learn how to still remain hidden and unseen and know that that has nothing to do with my identity, my offering, my skill sets to the world, and and so. It really took, I mean, a really good trauma therapist and a bunch of books in journaling for me to come to that place because I, you know, some would argue like, you know, your story can help others heal, but your story can also, you know, hurt other people that are desiring to heal. And if you're exploiting somebody else's story out of your hurt, that's not, that's not helpful or... Um, going to create healing. And so there, that balance, that's been a fine line for me to figure out how to walk. And as I've discovered just these things and and uh, learn how to share my voice and my, my learnings while also honoring another person's story. That's so mm. good. I yeah. cannot tell you how grateful I am to hear you so transparently talk through that discernment process because I know it is not easy and I know it is a kind of one step at a time process um, because you're still healing as you're still trying to think through how to help. And I just, Erin, I really appreciate you sharing all that you just did about that process for you. I think it's really helpful for folks. Yeah. I also like him. I'm thinking, I think I remember you doing, I think I remember (laughs) you having some reel that was like with, I forget who the comedian was, but it was, it was, a uh-huh. nod to the elder millennial stuff. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, I feel like it was so long ago, but it stuck with me. And I love that comedian. I cannot remember her name. Oh, I love her. Is it Azalea or Eliza? Eliza, That's which it. is like, yes. Oh, millennial elder elder millennial like that's it but i also i mean i think i part of me wonders how much i mean i hate to make it a generational thing but i do wonder 
how much like of the elder millennial group Mm -hmm. uh, versus maybe the millennials or whatever, where, you know, just the different ways in which we have been invited to process and share hurts and struggles over the years and how that shows up differently. Um, I don't know. I just, yeah, just, yeah. Just, what, yeah makes me no, wonder. You're right. I wonder too, because yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that definitely elder millennials, we, we, <laughs> I watched them online. I, I am it. one. Oh <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I'm an elder millennial. Me and too, I, my friend. We, <laughs> and we just talk about our junk and at the expense of other people. <laughs> That's what we but do. we also know That's what it was like before yes, having public so. spaces, right? Like we also yes. I had some like away messages there. on uh, AOL Instant yes. Messenger that were pretty, you know, out there. So who knows? Yes. My Zanga was getting wild. Yes, yes. Away messages, man. Yes. I bet you wish we could do that. I mean, I know we have like we can kind of do that with the Do Not Disturb for our phones, but I wish we could do like away messages, like AOL chats on our phones. <laughs> Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. Yeah. Yes, let's bring it back. We'll bring <laughs> AIM back. <laughs> that's awesome. That's great. No, that's good. So from that, right, from kind of the, the I don't want to say breaking point, but like kind of the the tip of the everything, I'm, I actually have to figure all this out, right, where you kind of step away and you say, okay, hold on. Bye. I think actually I need to, to look at some of this obviously to now where you we just celebrated you getting engaged again right and and my assumption is you would say hey i'm oh, engaged right. from a place of health for myself as opposed to uh, yes i like get all my validation from this dude right like which he's yeah. awesome and i know yeah. you and so i know that's not the case right but talk to me about sure. that the the long work there and and maybe we can i can ask about other people's like the things that you hear from other people as well right because i one of my other questions is the difference in you know we used, when you talk about hearing from other people their challenges and, and what makes them not feel worthy of love what those are commonly and if that's changed over the the last 10 12 right. years right but yeah. I, I don't know i'm curious about the more recent half of that for you in kind of discovering and even pivoting some of so with loving because i know we've done some mental health events and, and i know you've you've decided okay look i want this to be community i want to be doing videos and chats and all these right like just different types of things where where you said i want to be really intentional about what this is so can you talk to me yeah. some about like that and kind of finding some sure footing on the on the not the back end of healing as if you've like done healing and you're done right but kind of on, yeah. on the the back half of it maybe yeah i i think it was that's a great question so i'm going to answer and let me know there's like 12 questions I, i'm sorry but I loved it. No, I loved it because I'm my brain. My brain processes that way too. So I'm like, I'm like answering it in my head. I'm like, got that one. Got that answer. Got that. Answer. Okay, that's a good question. I wish we could record when when you and I like brainstormed for a couple events. I wish we had like a recording because it was it was like throwing spaghetti everywhere, both of us, because it's how we both go, and then we like figured it out, right? But I would love to have been a fly on the wall for that. Like that's amazing. That's awesome. I have ADHD, so I I I can pro- I process fast and quick and take very quick Easy. turns. Um, so, yeah. So I yeah right right, right what you said. If I didn't arrive now, I'm engaged. I didn't arrive to healing now, and and being engaged doesn't mean I'm whole. And so, for me, when I first got divorced, when I went through that, I threw myself into the dating scene. 
And I believed the lie that he wasn't the right person. I need to go find the right person. Um, and I mean, I, I dated a lot and it was out of a space of wanting to be loved and, and be seen and be, uh, and know that I'm worthy of love and I'm worthy of somebody to pursue me. And I mean, I, like I said, I dated a lot and I honestly, I dated a lot to where I would carry shame if I was with a guy friend and I was at a coffee shop and I ran into somebody I knew and they saw that I was with a guy, uh, I would think they probably think I am dating this guy and I'm not because I did date a lot. And when I say like, I don't think there's anything wrong with dating. I think that there is the motive behind why you date. And my motive was to basically, I was using people to remind me that I'm worthy of love, which is like, you know? And so I did that for a while and then I got tired of it. And then I got heartbroken by a relationship that really threw all my baggage from my marriage forward. And it, it, I had no other place to run but to look at myself in the mirror and go, okay, I haven't dealt with any of this stuff. I've just continued to replace people and things to make me feel a certain way. Um, and so, which is really selfish, but it's just, it is, it is where I was at. And mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah. And I, uh, I remember when that relationship ended, he broke up with me and I was devastated and everything came flying forward. He, the option to get back together with him wasn't one. Um, the option for me to date didn't want to do that. So the only other option was to be with myself and I didn't like myself, which is why I didn't want to be with myself, which is why I kept going into relationships. And so I went on this journey to learn how to just be with myself and love who I am and give myself grace for my areas of needing growth and and giving myself um, just chance to heal and and to face my ownership of the things that would, you know, inevitably come out in any relationship um, that I needed to own. And, uh, and so I went on that journey and I, I didn't date for a year and a half. And I, I mean, I went very extreme, <laughs> like, like to the point of like dyeing my hair and like, <laughs> I mean, I didn't go to the extreme of like, you know, uh, not like growing out my armpit hair, but like, I know some people do that and they love it, but I, I mean, I didn't go to the extreme of like, but I just dyed my hair, my natural color, didn't wear mm-hmm. makeup. I didn't want, I wanted to just like myself surely mm-hmm. for who I was. And then I went to therapy and did the best trauma therapist ever. And um, as I was in that journey, then I started to learn about myself and my motive. And that's how I can tell the difference when, you know, now being engaged, um, I'm, I'm with a wonderful man that equally believes in therapy and learning how to find your sense of worth not from a person and because that's what I was doing and I was trying to find it from a person and then I came to this place where I can't find it in another person Um, and and I'm also not responsible for another person's choices and the other person's choices really don't reflect their lack of love towards me but something in how they feel about themselves and I mean I really had to wrestle and learn all those things that 
honestly, my reckless dating world <laughs> kind of, and then it coming forward really helped me to see what is of a, a pure intention and of an intention that's um, maybe destructive uh, or selfish or, and I was able to kind of see the difference between the two. And, uh, and, and so to kind of answer your first question about like, you know, I didn't, I haven't fully arrived to healing, but continuing to be on this journey. I mean, still have triggers and from my past marriage that I, I work through, but I work through them differently now because I have the tools, um, that therapy provided me for, um, and I also have the knowledge of what I am capable of that I, I didn't know that I was. And one of them is to be honest with myself and honest with my motives to know that, you know, my choices, even if they're out of a state of, of brokenness or hurt or um, a lack of self-esteem, um, that doesn't mean I'm unlovable and that I, and give myself grace. And I, and that's just a continual journey that I'll always be on. Um, so that's the, Boom. I don't, did that answer you kind of your first question about, you know, being engaged and like, how did the journey from, you know, the, the middle of the burnout to the being engaged, like yeah. that discovery, did I, did I answer that well? Yeah. Or not well, yeah. but did I kind of yeah. hit the question? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. There's no, yeah. It, there's no right or wrong, you know? Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean, I think you did a great job. Um, and then, uh, as my dog's barking in the background, of course, uh, right when I unmuted, hey, but he's saying, hi, he's saying hi to your dog, Aaron. Is your dog around? Yeah, she is. She's sleeping. She's snoo- She's snoring very mm. loudly. I'm, well, I'm grateful. There you go. The microphone's not picking it up. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Um, no. Yeah. I, yeah. I thought. I mean, I. I think, Aaron. I. It just your response is just beautiful, and I. I really appreciate again, like just this extension of generosity of your self-awareness and journey and how I think that that is going to meet a lot of where our listeners are along their own journeys too. So I really appreciate that. I do. I I really do want to make sure that we do have at least a little time to talk about your book, which I know is a labor of love in and of itself. And you um, have offered us with this book entitled So Worth Loving, How Discovering Your True Value changes everything so i'd love for you to you know tell us about your book and to the degree that you want to share about the journey of you know writing it launching it what whatever you want to share with our listeners about the book well thank you holly uh this book absolutely oh you know you understand i mean writing is so healing i have Mm -hmm. been yes yes i mean anybody that asks me like if there is a tip on what they should do when they are healing, I would say journal, journal, journal. And if you yes. don't journal, journal. Yes. Like yep. journal, journal, That's journal. Right. I have been journaling since I was 12. I have my first journal ever that uh, I've collected over the years. I probably have 70. I'm not exaggerating. I have about 70 journals. Oh, um, my gosh. And I, wow. it's so fun to look through them and and see the journey. And I see my book uh-huh. as this way because I could already look in my book and go, oh, like I thought that four years ago when I wrote it, you know, but, you know, to write a book and to publish it takes two years and for for this particular book. And so I, my book is my journal and it's it's my honest processing of 
of how I am discovering self-worth in my own life. And, and in it, I, I hope that people identify with the emotions that I've had with their emotions that they can't, if they're not able to really pinpoint it or they feel alone in it. And, you know, I shared earlier about how, when you say like, I'm struggling and, and you share it online and someone's like, oh my gosh, me too, I admit, I thought I was alone. There's a safe way to do it. And this book, I felt like, I'm just really proud of it because I felt like I, I honored another person while sharing the journey of my own discovery of, of my lack of self-worth and where I was pursuing it. And I get very honest with, you know, it's broken up into three sections, look in, look up, look out. And look in is really like pulling all the, the things that you've believed about yourself since you were seven and, and 13 and all of these things that kind of morphed into what I care or basically got into a, a suitcase that I started carrying with me. And, um, and then look up is where I find uh, my sense of worth knowing to in my, in my journey, it's, it's been with my relationship with God and getting, and getting to a place where I, I, I believe him when he says that he loves me and he will take all of the things that I struggle with and hold them. But I had to look in to see this nasty stuff before I could give it to him. And I share that in the book. And then the lookout section is all about how do you then take it and go into community? And how do you trust community again if you've been burned by Uh it? And how do you go back into relationship after you're you're maybe scared or fearful that you'll get hurt again. Um, and so I talk about that in the lookout section and it, it truly, the, the book truly is, uh, uh, man, it was my, it was my healing. It was my therapy. I wrote it and wrote it during COVID, um, where everybody was, you know, cooped up and, uh-huh. and, and lonely. And man, I, I definitely wrestled with all of those feelings and thoughts. And the book is a physical form of that. Um, I could continue. I mean, I love. I, I, I it was a labor of love. It was. No. For sure. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, I. I. I love that, and I will absolutely echo you on and, the value of writing, whether journaling or writing, or just the the incredible impact it has on our healing process. Because I, I, I will say within my own process with writing. There are things that end up being excavated that I did not even know were buried deep within or, you know, that I had set aside or something like that. And there's something about the the process of writing and journaling that just upends some of those things and uproots them in a way that allows you to heal more deeply. So I wholeheartedly back your recommendation on that um as being Thanks. a part of not as the soul i mean obviously that's not gonna say it's like <laughs> that's not the you know it's not a one size fits all but i think that it can it can be something that's really helpful in complementing the healing journey so yes yeah. oh and if you don't like to write because the when i first started journaling again because i went through a time where i talked about how i was journaling since i was 12 I mean, I went through like a dry season where I wasn't journaling at all. Uh And to get back into it, to just get out of, I wanted to get grief out of me. And that's kind of how this book came about. My therapist said, just get the grief out of you. Like get it, like start writing. And I was just like, I haven't written, I haven't journaled in like a couple years at that point. I just felt so dry and scared to face my thoughts. And uh, I'm scared to type them out and be vulnerable with them 
where nobody saw them, but still, which is ironic because I was honest with my thoughts and I wanted to get praise. And then when I came to like some of this other stuff, I was like, I don't want anyone to see it. Like, I don't even want to see it. Um, but when I started doing that, I, I started typing it in my notes. So if you're listening and you're like, I don't like to write, like if your brain is like mine, where you think so quickly that your pen can't keep up and then you're just like, forget it. I've written three sentences and I'm done. I started typing <laughs> it on my notes and I, I password protected it. And oh. the, what I would do is I actually did this every day as a discipline. Every morning I would wake up and I would journal. I would answer like four questions. One of them was, uh, what am I thinking right now? What did I think about yesterday? What's the thing looming over my head? And what am I grateful for right now? And I did those four things every single day. And I got reconnected with myself and my thought life. And I started to, I started seeing progression in my healing. Um, and so, no, use your notes. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a fancy app. Just lock that sucker up if you don't want anybody to discover it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, That's good. Good advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of the things that, that we love to, to ask people, because I know obviously you're doing you're still doing work with so worth loving you've launched this book and you're doing all sorts of other kind of creative type things that i i see you doing so i'm curious right what is your hope for all the work that you're doing uh, we we want to create life change um so my hope is to change change one life um, oh. through the work that we do we we work and partner with other individuals other thought leaders authors um, that are in the same space and those thought leaders are reminding their communities of their worth and value. And and so I feel like we are changing lives, um, but if we can change one life to remind somebody that they're not alone and, and they are worthy to discover things in themselves and they are also worthy of love when they discover stuff within themselves, man, that's, that's what we want to do. Yeah, that's oh, great. That's so good. That's so so good. Well, um, Aaron, one other question that we love to ask too, or that we have been asking this season um, oh. for folks that um, we're just just kind of mixing things up a little bit. But the question that we're asking our our listeners this season is, what is serving your soul these days? Ooh, uh huh. Oh. Right. What uh -huh. is serving I know, these my last two are soul. such softballs. They're so easy. I know. <laughs> what is serving? Okay, I would say, can I say like a book? Like, is it a practical thing? Or totally. should I do like no, more whatever, like whatever is serving your soul, anything. There's no okay. right and or wrong answer. I'm reading a book right now called Waiting to Be Wanted. And it's a stepmom's guide. And I'm, you know, I'm going to be married in a two weeks we were laughing it will be a week I guess mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I am acquiring three little girls six 12 and 14 and oh, wow. learning the space of being a bonus mom and learning how to uh, wait for when they're ready to be more vulnerable with me and receive me I mean it's been so beautiful already and I'm so grateful. I mean, God's been so good and so uh, kind in, in our relationship. Okay. And I started reading this book just to understand because I, I I don't know many bonus moms at, at, that are 36, okay. you know. And, okay. and honestly, I don't know many bonus moms in general. I have like 
two or three of my friends. I have a few friends that are single moms that I, I'll talk with about when they're dating. Um, and But I don't, the space, that community is very, very small. So what's feeding my soul right now in the season that I'm in is, is waiting to be wanted. And it's this step guide. Um, mm. Or it's this, uh, yeah, the stepmom guidebook on learning how to wait. And it's really beautiful. <laughs> I love oh, that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, listeners, if you want to connect with Aaron, you can do that at SoWorthLoving.com on Instagram or Twitter at Aaron Eddy, or you can follow SoWorthLoving on Twitter or Instagram at SoWorthLoving. You can also buy SoWorthLoving, How Discovering Your True Value Changes Everything on Amazon or wherever you buy books. You can connect with the show at CXMHpodcast.com or across social media at CXMHpodcast. You can connect with Holly at hollyoxhandler.com or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at hollyoxhandler and connect with me at robert-vore.com or Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Robert Vore. Aaron, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing with us. Do you have any yeah. closing thoughts for our listeners? I, I'm just, thank you, Robert and Holly for having me on here. And I just, I want to encourage the person that's listening if, your thoughts are clouded or you're struggling maybe with maybe some choices that you made. Um, maybe you're carrying a little bit of shame. I just want to remind you that you are absolutely so worth loving. And I want to encourage you to maybe seek a safe, close friend that you can share some of your thoughts with and, um, and maybe see, maybe see about exploring getting a therapist and there there there's good ones out there if you've been burned before don't don't do not give up thanks for listening to the cxmh podcast want to score some major brownie points leave us five stars and an honest review on itunes follow us on social media at cxmh podcast and email us with questions comments and interview requests at cxmh podcast at gmail.com 